Well, we're going to continue talking along the lines of alignment, and that simply means what is out of line can get back into line. And we started the year out by talking about how important our thinking is. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And we talked last week specifically about how much of a big fat liar the devil is. And uh, so we need to identify those lies and not believe those lies that become misbeliefs in our life by verbally saying what the devil's saying. We want to say what God's Word says. Amen? If He tells you you're ugly, He's really talking about Himself. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. If He tells you you're just an old, unworthy worm, the truth of the matter is, you are not an old, unworthy worm. You were. But now you have right standing with God, just like sin never existed before. Amen. And so, very closely connected to our thinking, then, is our speaking. You know, if our believing is wrong, then our thinking will be wrong. And if our thinking is wrong, then our speaking will be wrong. So it's very important that we get back into alignment. Those areas that we've kind of allowed ourselves to speak and to say that are out of line with the Word of God. What do you say in 2011 we get back in line? Turn your Bibles to James chapter 3 then. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get right into the Word. Are you ready today? Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that it is alive. And your Word has ability within it for creative power to be ministered to us in our spirits, affecting our souls and our bodies. Lord, speak to us through your word today. What we've not seen, help us to see. What we've not known, help us to know. What we've known in the past and let slip, may it become real again in our lives. And Father, we give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. In James chapter 3, verse 1, he says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. But if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able then to do what? To bridle the whole body, or we could say it this way, able to control the whole body. Now, I love how the National NIV says it, so let's look at that in a moment. The NIV says this, We all stumble in many ways, but anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect and able to keep their whole body in check. Now, don't let the word perfect throw you. Because the word perfect there means to be developed. It means to grow and get to a place of maturity. Amen. What if you went a whole week and didn't miss it in what you said? What if you went a whole month and didn't miss it in what you said with your mouth? Well, you're well on your way to being a mature Christian. You're well on your way to being highly developed. Now, this cannot happen and will not happen unless we're thoughtful about the words that we speak. 
And I'm not just talking about the Word of God and declaring the Word of God, but I'm also talking about the words we speak to one another. You know, we can offend one another with our words. Our words can be extremely offensive. But it takes some study, and it takes some thought, and it takes some prayer to bring this thing an inch under your nose into control. Now, it can be done. And it must be done. If we're going to grow and be maturing in God, this thing right here must be brought in subjection. Amen. Amen. Now, notice in verse 3 of James chapter 3. He said, Behold now, we put a bit in the horse's mouth. How many have ever ridden a horse before? Okay. So, so that bit has to do with the steering of the horse, does it not? Yeah. And, and so as we move the rein and that bit begins to move, what happens? The horse obeys us. And as a result, their whole body's turned. Okay? And it's the same with a ship. Anybody ever been on a ship? Got any Navy men or women here? Anybody ever been on a cruise? How about a boat? How about to Alcatraz? Whatever. I didn't say you were in Alcatraz. <clears throat> By the way, one time I went over to Alcatraz with Jim Caseman and Kathleen Caseman and Brenda. This was many, many years ago. And uh, they closed that cell just for a second. Solitary confinement. Holy smokes. Not the kind of place you want to be. So he said, Behold also the ships which they be so great. But no notice, they are driven about with fierce winds, yet they are turned about with what kind of a helm? That great big huge ship being turned by a very small helm. Whithersoever the governor or the captain listeth. I want to say this to you this morning. That your tongue is the steering wheel of your life. Your tongue to your life is what your steering wheel is to your car. And there's a lot of folks going down the road of life at a hundred miles an hour. With their foot fully on the accelerator... Going the wrong way. And saying all the way, I don't want to go this way. I don't want to go this way. I don't want to go this way. We'll turn the wheel. I don't want to go this way. I don't want to go this way. But they never turn the wheel. They keep holding on to the wheel and keep going in the same direction. And you want to say, dude. Turn the wheel in the direction you want your automobile to go. Because you're going in the wrong direction. Saints, if your life has gone in the wrong direction, check up on your wheel. (laughs) Turn your words. If you want to turn around, 
check what you've been saying. Check what you've been declaring. Check the things that you tell yourself on a regular basis. Turn your tongue, the wheel of your tongue. Come on, someone. So that your life can go in another direction. Now, you look at these great big huge cruise ships. Or you look at these ships that come in and and they have cargo. You look at the naval ships. Those are huge ships, are they not? Well, if they want to turn, they just don't go... And the thing turn around. No. They turn it. And how many of you know it takes time? What I submit to you this morning is if your life has gone in the wrong direction, and as you turn the wheel of your life by speaking faith-filled words, it may not happen overnight. But if you'll stick with it long enough, if you'll stay in this word by day and by night, if you'll study to speak the right words, sooner or later, it will register. And the power of God will be connected and your life can turn around. How many of you can use a turn in your life? Look at James 3, 5. James, the third chapter in the fifth verse. He said, even so the tongue is a little member and it boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Read verse 6 with me. Go ahead. Ready, read. So is the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body, and sets on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. So what this is basically saying is your words can be inspired. Anybody ever lost their temper? <clears throat> I'm not asking for a show hand. Anybody ever said anything they regretted? Thank God for repentance. And thank God for forgiveness. But what the writer is saying is your words can really be inspired by your flesh. And, let's take it a step further, your words can be inspired by hell. Cursing, using the Lord's name in vain, telling people to go to hell. <laughs> is not inspired by heaven. That's inspired by hell. Is that right? So our words can be inspired by whichever way the direction our life is going in. But heaven can also inspire our words. The Holy Spirit can inspire our words. You can get so conscious of the word of the living God that you can change what you say about certain circumstances that you have faced for years. Instead of saying, for example, every week I'll get a migraine. 
How about saying every week I get a healing? I walk in divine life and divine health. Now notice in verse 7. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of what kind of poison? He says, now here we go. On one hand we bless God, even the Father. And therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Does that add up? No. Out of the same mouth proceeds what? Blessing, heaven, and cursing, hell. And then he says, my brethren, these things are just all right. Because after all, you got a right to say exactly how you feel. <laughs> no. He says, my brethren, and this includes the cistern too. How many know sisters can be just as vile as men? Especially when you mess with their babies. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> Don't mess with my baby. So let's include the sisters too. My brethren, these things shouldn't be. And then he goes on to ask a couple questions. Okay, does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Of course not. It's either one or the other. Now, how about this? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? What's the answer? What do fig trees produce? Okay. Either a vine figs? Absolutely not. And then he says, So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. And so out of your spirit, out of the fountain of your heart, will begin to flow the issues of life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh. Whatever is in you in abundance is going to eventually come out of you. And he says, brothers and sisters, it's not right to speak blessing and cursing at the same time. Friends, we ought not to be talking victory and defeat in the same sentence. We ought not to be speaking blessing one day and cursing the next. We ought not to be speaking good one day and bad the next. question I have for you, Heart of the Bay, today is what should be coming out of our mouths, blessing or cursing. That's three of you. Thank you. What is it? What is it? Do you have the capacity to speak blessing? Do you have the capacity to be a blessing? You absolutely do. 
Look with me at Proverbs chapter 18. And let's notice a couple of verses there. Proverbs, the 18th chapter. And uh, let's look at verse 20. And notice some things here. It says, a man's belly. How many of you guys like your belly to be full? (laughs) Not too full, but full. I like a full stomach. And then I like a nice full nap. (laughs) On Sunday afternoon. I'm talking about grooving on a Sunday afternoon. Now notice this. A man's belly shall be satisfied with all of his hard labor. We could say it this way. A man's life shall be satisfied or we will be happy in life. We will enjoy life. Notice this. With the fruit of our mouths. And then notice the rest of it says, read that with me. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. I want to encourage you in something today. I know it's really hard to do because it's all over the news. And it's all over the world. And the word that we are hearing is decrease. How many of you know the stock exchange is up one day and down the next? Life is like a roller coaster if we base it on what's going on in the world. It'll be one day increase, the next day decrease. I don't know about you, but I do not want to live that way. And the Bible says over here in verse 20, that our lives will be filled with the increase of our lips. I want to encourage you in something this morning. Only speak increase. Only say what you desire. I know that you're battling it. I've battled it. We've all battled it. Here a battle, there a battle, everywhere a battle, battle. But let's change direction. And believe God to bring increase into our lives. The Bible says that the Lord will increase us more. Now listen, and more. And he says, not only you, but you're chilling. If you want your children to experience increase, then you start declaring increase in your life. And it'll come upon you and overtake you because the word is true. Now notice, let's go back to this thought here. Since a man's belly shall be satisfied with the, with what? The fruit of his lips. Now I believe in working hard. How about you? You're either working hard or you're hardly working. (laughs) Or you're not working at all. And not getting away with it because the boss man don't see it because the boss of bosses 
sees everything. Well, the choir just lit up on that one. So, thank God for the ability to work hard. But hard work alone does not ensure increase. Let me say that one more time. Working hard only does not ensure increase. Amen? Amen. Now, the Bible does talk about diligence. You know, you look at the book of Proverbs and you see scripture upon scripture about being diligent. Amen? He is a rewarder of those that... What? Diligently seek Him. So diligence is a biblical principle. And faithfulness is a biblical principle. Now listen very carefully. Put good words along with your diligence. And then you'll have something. Because just speaking God's word alone and being lazy don't get it. Well, I'm just trusting the ravens to feed me. But if he's placed before you the opportunity for employment, even though it might not be the kind of job you ultimately are believing for. You may have to do something that doesn't suit you in order to pay bills. Thank God for it. And be diligent in it. And all the time, setting your goals in your sights with a godly expectation of something better coming along. And as you give Him, God, your very best, you are qualified to walk in and to live in His very best. So... Along with speaking the word, be diligent, and then you got something. I said, then you got something. Now look at verse 21 of Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to move through this rather slowly because I know that there are people on all sorts of different levels spiritually. And many of you have never heard a message like this before. And so I think it's important that we go over this line upon line. And precept upon precept so that we can get some understanding. And then when we get some understanding, we can begin to implement the information that we've received and start seeing change in our lives. But I am not just preaching to those group of people today. I'm preaching to people that have let some of these things slip. And I'm also preaching to people that are doing this already. But God is watering your seed and he's going to manifest more revelation in your life. Verse 21. Now let's, let's look at this. Let's feed on this for a minute. I want us to read it three times. Ready, read. Death and life. <clears throat> and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. One more time. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit that one more time. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. 
Got a question for you. Does it matter what we say? The next question is, how much does it matter? And the answer is, it's a matter of life and death. It matters to God what we say. And I could show you scripture after scripture that God is listening to what you're saying. And the Bible says that every idle word we shall give an account of in a future day. The word idle there means non-productive. Means powerless or inoperative. But death and life, they are in the power of your tongue. They're in the power of your tongue. Now, I believe in praying. And I believe in standing with people. And locking shields of faith with them. And I believe in holding people up before the throne of God. And standing on our covenant with them. But this verse does not say death and life are in the power of getting everyone in the 510-916-415-650-408 area code praying for you. It is a misbelief, saints, that if somehow I could get enough people praying for me, then I'll get my breakthrough. If I could get just... I'm going to call Tulsa. That's 918. I'm going to call Southern California. That's 818 and other ones. If I could just get enough people praying, I'll get my breakthrough. I'll get my turnaround. And you may. But ultimately, God wants you to be able to stand on your own two feet and begin to make some declarations about what he said concerning your situation in the word of God. See, my life is not going to be satisfied by the fruit of Pastor Tom's lips. As much as Pastor Tom and Kimberly love me, amen, and are speaking the word of God over me, there is something required of me. And there is something required of all of us. We live under a system called the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God operates by seed time and harvest. The kingdom of God operates by sowing and reaping. The kingdom of God operates by declaring and believing. And it would be very wise if we could change some of the things we're saying. For example, and I'm not preaching against smoking. Smoke if you want to smoke. But let me give you an example. There was a guy that had prayer from everyone about quitting smoking cigarettes. He had patches on his patches. (laughs) 
And thank God patches may help. And getting prayer from people can help. But he was violating the law of sowing and reaping. And his violation was a declaration of, I just can't get free. I desire cigarettes so much that I'll never be free. Don't even bother praying for anymore. I just can't get free. What has he done? He's entrapped himself with the words of his mouth. Now, the person that he was talking to is a very wise man. And the person said, okay, go ahead and smoke. He said, smoke? He said, yeah, go ahead and smoke. But every time you light your cigarette up, I want you to say, I'm free from smoking cigarettes in the name of Jesus. He says, when you put your cigarettes on the nightstand before you go to bed, every time you think of it, say, thank God I'm free. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I'm free from smoking cigarettes. And he says, every time you light up, say, I'm free. Yeah, but when I light up, I'm smoking. That's right. You're smoking. But declare you're free. He said, really? He said, really? Every time. Make a declaration that I'm free. He said, two, three weeks later, came back, told the man of God. I was standing on the street corner. Getting ready to light up. You know, one of these... I used to have friends that could flip the, you know, what is it called? The, the lighter and light up and inhale the whole cigarette before you could say boo-hoo. I mean, quick to the draw. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Don. So he's standing there on the street corner. But he's obeying the word from the man of God. Declaring his freedom. Two, three weeks later, he's on the street corner. Get ready to light up. He said, I'm free. There's nothing binding me. This cigarette don't lord it over me. I'm not going to smoke ever again. Threw the cigarettes away and he's been free ever since. You know, if that'll work for cigarettes, it'll work for crack. It'll work for any sin that a person has been bound by. Well, I just can't do without a beer. Are you in bondage to beer? Are you subject to beer or is beer subject to you? Well, we won't go there. But death and life. Everyone's shouted, death and life. Are in the power of my tongue. It's your life. It's your tongue. You determine your destiny destiny under God, of course, according to the B-I-B-L-E. Now turn with me to Psalms 12. This is just all introduction. Psalm 12. We don't have till, you know, 3 o'clock. We have till 2, so just relax. Now you know me better than that. Psalm 12 now. We've established some things. 
If some of your words have been out of line, just get them back in line. Amen. Amen. If you're a person that has been given to losing your temper, start saying, I never lose my temper. I always do those things that please God. I never lose my temper. I control my temper. My temper doesn't control me. My temper is controlled by the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I'm Irish. What's that got to do with it? I've seen Italianos lose it. I've seen Mexicanos, you know, lose it. Everybody can lose their temper that gets used to losing their temper. But what I want you to see is you can get used to saying words filled with faith that will turn that wheel. Now, Psalm 12. Help, Lord. (laughs) That'll preach right there. Everyone say, help, Lord. Lord, help. For the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful man fall from among the children of men. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor. With flattering lips and a double heart do they speak. Avoid flattery. Come on. Avoid telling a person they look nice when they don't. Just because they might be taking you to dinner later. You can think of something else to say. Amen. Well, we better move on with that too. Now notice verse 2 again. They speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor. With flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. How many of you want to keep your lips? The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips. And the tongue that speaks proud things. But here's what I really want you to see over here in verse 4. This is the attitude of the world. And this is the attitude of a lot of Americans. Hey, I'm, I'm an American. Go to Paris and say that. I'm an American. Go to Lebanon and say that. Is that right, Hector? <laughs> I am an American. I can say what I want to say. The land of the free. The home of the brave. All swelled up. No, no, here's what I want you to see. Who have said with our tongue, we will prevail. And our lips are our own Who is Lord over us? That's an attitude. My lips are my own. I'll I'll say what I want to say. You understand that? I'm going to get in your face. No. We don't have a whole lot of time left, but I, I want to drive this point home this morning before we go. Make Jesus Christ Lord. Make him Lord of your tongue. Submit your tongue to him. Listen, if you are truly saved 
and truly born again, you no longer belong to yourself. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. You know, there's coming a day where every tongue, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. How many are saved here today? Wow. So this verse is real to then you and me. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, it says what? Know ye not that what? Is your tongue part of your body? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the what? Which is in you, which you have of God. Now notice this. Read that last phrase. And you are not your own. Wow. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify him in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This basically is not really our own. We are not our own. My body is bought with a price. My spirit is bought with a price. My tongue is part of my body. Submit your tongue to Him. If your tongue has gotten out of line, the good news, dear brothers and sisters, is you can get your words back in line. You can get your words back in line with His Word. I'm talking about words that will bless humanity. I'm talking about words filled with faith. Words that are filled with love. I wonder what kind of a marriage we would have if every word we spoke to our mate was a word of love. Oh, honey, now. Filled with love. And you know something? Children see the example that is set in the home by moms and dads. And they pick up on the spirit of which spirit is being demonstrated in the home. Whether it be the spirit of God, the spirit of love, or the spirit of strife, and the spirit of confusion. How many of you ever fried fish in your home before? You know what you want to do after you fry the fish? You want to open the window. Because the smell of that fish is tangible. Listen, friends, words are tangible. What kind of words are spoken in the privacy of your own home? Because our words set forth an atmosphere. We could say it this way. Words are like containers. Words can carry faith or they can carry fear. Words can carry love or words can carry strife. And what we're saying this morning is this, is when we submit our tongue to Him and to the Holy Spirit, our words can contain words that will literally change the very atmosphere around us. It'll edify It'll bless. Turn quickly to Romans chapter 10. 
Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. Say this with me. His word word. in my heart heart. and in my mouth mouth. will bring me me unto some glorious things. things. His word word. filled with faith faith. and filled with love love. will set the right atmosphere in my home, in my my office, office. and in my life. I want to remind you today in closing that Christianity is called the Great Confession. Look at Romans chapter 8, 10 verses 8 through 10. He said, But what says it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, what will happen? Verse 10, read it with me. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Say this with me. With my heart heart is where I believe. believe. With my mouth mouth is where I make my confession. And when I believe in my heart, and I I declare with my mouth, I I come unto salvation. salvation. One person said it this way, faith must be in two places. It must be in your heart and in your mouth. And confession is made unto what? Salvation. So faith then is activated by believing in your heart and saying or confessing with your mouth. Now listen very carefully. How did you get saved? You got saved by hearing the word. And then you mix faith with the word that you heard. And then you made the great confession that Jesus Christ is Lord. So salvation became a reality in your life by making a declaration of his lordship. The next thing I want to ask you is how did you get filled with the Holy Spirit? Was there speaking involved? The Bible says that in Acts 2, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to do what? Ephesians says, be filled with the Spirit speaking to yourselves. So there is a connection between believing and being saved, and being healed, and being filled with saying. I submit to you today that salvation is not just getting saved. Salvation is an all-inclusive word. Salvation also means deliverance. It means healing. It means wholeness. It means soundness. So if you want to get unto some of those things in your life, faith has got to be in your heart and in, come on somebody, got to be in your heart and in your mouth. That's the way it all started. That's the way it all began. Why then would we think that the rest of our lives... And other spiritual things would be disconnected from our words. 
The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We live by what we believe and by what we speak. I submit to you this morning, begin to find out what God's word says about you and start saying it. Start declaring it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say things like this. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm born of God. I am complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. I am God's child and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I have been delivered. I'm not going to be delivered. I've been delivered. And not only that, I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus far above all power of darkness and all things are under my feet. Believe and say that your God is a good God and that he liberally supplies and fills to the full your every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I double dog dare you to walk through this next week by saying and declaring, I don't have a care. I'm worry free. I'm not worried about that. I've cast all my cares on him. Not only am I carefree, but I'm sustained by him. Oh, hallelujah. He upholds all the universe by the word of his power. And if he upholds this world by the word of his power, he can uphold me. I'm not going to worry about it. You'll have the opportunity to worry before tomorrow night. But you'll remember these words. I don't have a care. God's not given me a spirit of fear. But a power and a love and of a sound mind. I am carefree. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I'm anxiety free. I'm worry free. I am fear free. I am His. He is mine. I belong to Him. He belongs to me. I'm not my own. My tongue is submitted to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Like the old ad said, try it. You like it. Let's change just a little bit of it. Do it. Do it. You will like it. And the results will become forthcoming. I'd rather say what God's word says than say how I feel. Because how I feel is up and down. You know, feelings are fickle. But God never changes. And in this day of instability, we need an anchor for our soul. And I just introduced you one of the anchors of your soul. It's by declaring God's word. This week, proclaim. Close your eyes, lift up one hand toward heaven. This week, start proclaiming some of these things. I'm going to lead you in some confessions. Say it with me. I am born of God. I have world overcoming faith residing on the inside of me. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I proclaim this morning, I am free from all sin. I always do those things that please him. Every day, day, I am pleasing God. I I live my life life 
for him him. and unto him. him. Jesus, Jesus. thank you so much much. that you have redeemed me from the curse of poverty, from the curse of sickness, from the curse of spiritual death. I have been redeemed, not going to be redeemed. And I'm saying so this morning. I am redeemed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Now, Father, those things that have been out of line, losing my temper, speaking words of doubt, yielding to fear, speaking words that are not in line with your word, I ask you, sir, to forgive me. And I start this morning afresh and anew to speak the word only. Fill me, Lord, with your spirit and with wisdom. Place, Lord, a watch over the words of my mouth. I take the steering wheel and I head now in the way of God. Lead me, Lord, in a plain path. I believe my life is turning around for the better and for the good. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whoa, thank you, Lord.